The Jacksonville Jaguars came out rolling on Thursday night football before the New Orleans Saints eventually marched back into the game before ultimately falling short to kickoff week seven of the NFL schedule. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast covering the National Football League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe here for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. We are your hosts for today's episode, Lauren Cox. I'm David Harrison. He is on Twitter at Cox Sports One. I'm on Twitter at DHarrison82, part of the Locked On NFL host crew, here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our every dares. And we appreciate all of your continued support for the National Football League and, of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode, we're going to dive into the remaining games for week seven of the NFL regular season. We're going to tell you who's going to win every single one of those games, and we're going to be 100% correct. Don't worry about it. It always works out. But first, the Jacksonville Jaguars got things started off defeating the New Orleans Saints 31-24. But Lauren... Uh, they're not going to they're not going to claim this was an easy victory. A lot of people expected the Jaguars to come into this thing and really kind of dominate things early on, though. They were dominating things that it looked like this might be a really long night. Ross Jackson, uh, host of Lockdown Saints, actually sent out to, to Saints fans at one time, said, hey, listen, we might be in for a long night. You know what? If you want to turn this thing off, I wouldn't even blame you. I'll give you all the details on the postcast you can just catch up with later. But it turns out to be a barn burner uh, going down to nearly the last play of the game. What were your thoughts early on when Jacksonville kind of took control of this thing to begin with? Yeah, it felt like we were in store for just another kind of ugly Thursday night game. Like even when Jacksonville was kind of firing on all cylinders, it wasn't like it was it wasn't like it was Christian Kirk going off at that point or anything. I mean, it was a lot of the Agnew offense going through and like you know, the ETN was kind of getting the offense a little bit here and there, but it wasn't like the big explosive running plays, but it was enough to kind of get things going. And of course, Trevor Lawrence got some stuff going with his legs and it's generally took care of the football and it was the saints who again looked kind of out of sorts and just kind of sloppy. And we've seen the saints do this a couple of times this season where it's just like some, sometimes they look really sharp and sometimes it looks like nothing can go right for them over and over again. And it was certainly a a nice bounce back for Jacksonville to really kind of be in control and and feel like, you know, they were going up against a Saints team that's played a lot of teams tough and they could, Jacksonville was just going to ride that out, but then they did their own kind of saints impersonation in there. Right. And let everything fall apart. (laughs) All of a sudden, we had a tie game in the fourth quarter, and oh, every, everyone who turned the TV off came back running back to the TVs, and anybody who was dozing off on their couch uh, woke right back up. Yeah, absolutely. No, and you know, I think Saints fans kind of understand that the way the ebbs and the flows of the game go, you don't give up on your team that early. And, and I'm sure that plenty of Saints fans are going to want to know what Ross has to say about the way this whole thing went down. But I mean, you look at the game flow here. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they, they come, they jump out to a 14-3 lead. They take a 17 uh to six lead into halftime. But then again, the, the New Orleans Saints end up tying this thing with about six and a half minutes left in the game at 24 all uh before Christian Kirk takes a 44-yard passing run 
uh, pass catch and run from Trevor Lawrence for the eventual game-winning touchdown. In total, Trevor Lawrence throws just 204 yards, really not a prolific passing game for him from a stat standpoint. One touchdown pass, 100.4 QBR, uh, only nine incompletions. But really, the story for the Jaguars' offense was the rushing game, and really that was Trevor Lawrence coming in with that knee brace on. People were worried if he was even going to play eight carries, 59 yards, uh, a long run of 26 what do you th- what do you think of Trevor Lawrence's performance specifically? And is he kind of this is something they talked about in the pregame on whether or not Trevor Lawrence has really delivered so far on that number one you know pick hype and all that stuff. What do you think about Trevor Lawrence's career trajectory so far? Yeah, I mean it's felt like even this season, right? The idea was that okay, they finally got some weapons with with you know Kirk and then obviously Calvin Ridley and and that this offense was going to open up a bit more and that they've got a better protection form and a better defense and it was supposed to elevate everybody. And yet it still felt like for a lot of the season, like some inconsistency on that offensive line has not made Lawrence's job easy. And they've had a lot of drop passes across the board and and some of the weapons haven't lived up to their full billing. You know, like we kind of thought between Ingram and and Ridley and Kirk, like that's a nice one, two, three combo there, but it hasn't been quite the full extent. And not to like make excuses for Lawrence per se, but at the same time, like those are supposed to be the answers and they haven't quite been the answers yet. I think he's still taking good care of the football and he's been banged up. Like at the end of the day, that's when, when you've got this sprained knee like this, that's job number one. Like job number two is go above and beyond and make big plays on your own. But at, at the lowest level, like just do enough to win the game. Like that's sure. You, number one, pick expectations, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we can have that conversation if they're losing, but as long as he's doing enough to, to carry these teams to victories against quality opponents, you know, that they beat the bills and, and now the saints are not a, I mean, there's still a playoff team in the mix, even if they have some inconsistency, like sure, maybe it's not spectacular Trevor Lawrence right now, but it's not spectacular around Trevor Lawrence right now either. And he, he still took the game into his own hands with the legs and, and taking care of the football in the passing game. Like that's checking all the boxes for me. No, I, I think that's completely fair, right? We always say, the best quarterbacks in the NFL make their teams better. And when you and when you look at Trevor Lawrence, you can't help. If you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, you you can't help but say he's making this team better. Uh, Travis Etienne, you know, he certainly had some really good games, certainly finding the end zone, which is going to make fantasy people really happy. But 14 carries for 53 yards uh, in the game. You, you mentioned, you know, the expectations of certain players. I was a person that was really high on Calvin Ridley, you know, even with the break and play and all that stuff, I really thought Calvin Ridley was going to be a really exciting player this season. One catch on Thursday night for five yards uh, was really close to making another catch, but you know, really close doesn't matter when you're, when you're out, when you're out of bounds. And I mean, he, this was somebody that I actually targeted drafting in my money league. And unfortunately I'm happy that I missed on him because uh, I would have missed on him either way, but you know, I missed on him the way that you want to, where he's not on my roster uh, doing those things. So certainly I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe he's not this generational talent that maybe some people build him out to be, but certainly a very good quarterback in the NFL on the Saints side of things. So we got Derek Carr who threw for over 300 yards, which, you know, might, might leave some people scratching their heads, but he ends up with a touchdown and interception. Alvin Kamara, 62 yards rushing on 17 uh, receptions. Michael Thomas, um, I actually just dropped him off of my fantasy roster. So 42 yards and a touchdown, probably the best fantasy performance he's had this season, but the Saints still come out. A lot of fans booing, uh, a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of communication issues. Derek Carr yelling down the field to Chris Olave after he gives up on a, on a nine route. Like, what do you think is going on with the New Orleans Saints? And is there a time to make, or is it now time to make a significant change uh, somewhere on that team? It's just hard because you see them all of a sudden figure it out, right? They had a drive. It was like three plays for 60 yards and a touchdown. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. When everybody on that team is on the same page and clicking, it really looks good. I mean, they look like a playoff team that could do to do a little damage here. And then you get to other parts of the game where it's just guys are not on the same page. And 
it's tough because it doesn't seem like like this coaching staff maybe has has flaws, but it's not like they're terrible by any means. They've they've gotten some good coaching out of this group before, and you know it does work. Like they have the pieces there. It's just a matter of everybody clicking and being on the same page. And certainly they were having off they were having trouble with Josh Allen on the offensive line, which made Derek Carr's job that much more difficult. And you know the one interception he had was a pick six. Like and some of that's I mean it's not not to excuse it for him, but some of that's just bad luck. Like that interception could easily right. be you know, an arm punt and it's not as big of a deal comparatively, but when it puts seven points on the board, it makes everybody else's job that much more difficult. And, and even in the passing game, like when Alvin Kamara is your leading receiver, like, yes, Kamara is a great receiver, but at the same time, it kind of means guys like Michael Thomas and even Chris Olave, like Olave had a fine game, but it wasn't like a, a huge game. And yeah. it took a great taste of mill run in the red zone to score on that last drive too. Like it, it like they can get it in these, in these little stretches here. So it doesn't feel like it's time to like panic when you're at three and yeah. four, but it, you you wonder like when are they going to figure out like can a can a bye week at some point coming up here be enough to kind of settle some things for them? It's not until week eleven for them, so they got some time. But I, I know that if they play the Chicago Bears in two weeks, and that can be a real game to get yourself back on track. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean you mentioned the New Orleans Saints now sit at three and four. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars now stand at five and two. Certainly feeling good uh, about their chances. And and look, Michael Thomas they they talked about it during the game broadcast. Michael Thomas said it's not a communication issue. It's an execution issue. Some people would say one, it's one and the same. Um, there were certainly some miscommunications on the field Thursday night, and it led uh, to an Orleans Saints loss. Coming up, we're going to predict the rest of the weekend slate of games for week seven. Coming up in the NFL, we're going to do that right here on Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On NFL brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during unexpected events. That's why Jace Case or Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medications in hand and is continually working to expand their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they added ivermectin as an option for those who need antiparasitic medication for conditions like scabies and lice. You can even buy a gift card for a family or other loved ones so they can get a Jace case of their own. So go to jacemedical.com and enter locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Order That's promo code locked on at J-A-S-E medical.com. Today's episode of Locked On NFL also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose on that $5 bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears will be covering everything you need to know about their contest against the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend, as they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs in that contest. And I've got you covered over on Locked On Commanders as Washington travels to the New York Giants home uh, as three-point favorites. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On NFL your first listen, your first view today and every day. Every day is uh, thanks for your dedicated NFL fandom and for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Football season is here. Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Your host, Tanitra Jarvis Davis, and 
Kyle will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, you get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Of course, if you're audio only, those bad boys go up at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning again on any Locked On NFL channel. Lauren, speaking of the Washington Commanders, they're facing the New York Giants this weekend. They're traveling to New Jersey to do so. I will be traveling to New Jersey to watch them do it. The Washington Commanders are three-point favorites. Uh, Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants and I, she was not happy during the crossover to hear me predict that the Washington Commanders will, in fact, win this game and uh, hit three points right on the head. Do you think I'm wrong, or do you think Patricia Trena, who predicted a three-point Giants win, is going to be correct in this matchup? You know, it's hard for me having covered Commanders Bears and, and watched the Commanders this <laughs> bad Bears team. It is hard for me to go in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm confident that the Commanders will be good. But we've been on this like weird trajectory with Sam Howell this season where he just like alternates mm-hmm. pretty good game with pretty bad game and kind of back and forth and back and forth. And he, he's coming off of the I, I don't even they won, but it wasn't like it was a great game from him. So it's it's kind of hard to figure out what to expect there, but I really don't trust this Giants team very much, especially with some questions about whether Daniel Jones will play and if he does play his health in there too. And as much as I like Tyrod Taylor as a backup quarterback, I still think in an, even a division game like this, I, I lean commanders here, but I think it's anybody's game. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much the sentiment that Patricia and I both came away with as well, is this going to be a competitive game? Who's going to win is going to come down to maybe a turnover, maybe an, an inopportune or an opportune penalty at the right time. Um, certainly, certainly an option there, but, uh, both of us basically confident in the team that we see every day to t- come out with a win in a very important NFC East division matchup. Moving on now, the Cleveland Browns visiting the Indianapolis Colts, another road team that is a three point favorite in this matchup. Lauren, I think you got to go Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland. Who are you going with? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just give them the default. Hey, you beat the 49ers. So therefore, how can I pick you to lose the next game? Because like, PJ Walker was really bad in that game, but the fact that he was so bad and they still found a way to one and, you know, it's still going to be Garner Minshew for the Colts. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to go against the Browns just yet, even though I don't believe in the Browns fully. They've they've done enough, at least lately to trust them in this one, even on the road. Yeah, absolutely. The next game is the game that you will be covering again, another home underdog. And actually I'm looking down the list. We have a little bit of home underdogs, uh, a little bit of a home underdog trend, usually more than usual. I'll just put it that way. Las Vegas Raiders, two and a half point favorites uh, when they go to Soldier Field to face the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field, not Soldier's Field. Make sure you get that right when you're talking about this game. Lauren, I mean, you're the expert here, man. Chicago Bears, they get, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to pull this thing off. It's the battle of the rookie backup quarterbacks. Tyson Bajan expected to start for the Bears. Aiden O'Connell expected to start for the Raiders. And that really opens this one up. Like, this is going to be messy, and we're going to see sloppy turnovers from both teams, and it's probably going to be low scoring, and it's just going to be ugly, and I'm glad it's a noon game. I I still am not ready to predict the Bears to beat a team until they can really prove to me that they can consistently beat a team, but this is a wacky enough matchup that anything can happen. But between Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, I think I'll take the Raiders. I do like me some Max Crosby. I'll tell you that. That That dude is a dude. Um, put on your Vinny Iyer hat real quick. Which defense do you take in this matchup, Raiders or Bears? If you need a stream of fantasy defense, which one are you taking? Uh, I'll take the. I'll take option. Th- I'll take no one. You know, but uh, if I have if I have to pick one, I, I lean. 
I lean Chicago defense only because I think we've seen Aiden O'Connell in his first game be a little bit more careless with the ball. And I think if anything, the Bears offense will be ineffective, but not quite as reckless. Yeah, that's fair enough. Buffalo Bills visiting the New England Patriots. Uh, Buffalo Bills are road favorites, eight and a half points there. Uh, I'm taking the Bills, Lauren. I believe you're going to take the Bills. If you're not, by all means, please take the floor and tell us why. But if you are, what I want to know is the over-under set to 40.5. Where do you stand on that line? Whew, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking the uh, not taking the Patriots there, but I will take the over. I, I think the Bills can get some things going on offensively against the Patriots. And even if even if they have to kind of lean their way, I'll take the over on that. Scoring is down here in, in, in the NFL this year, but 20 is still kind of like that, like minimum threshold that most teams try to reach on a game basis. So 40.5, certainly a reachable threshold for for most games. But the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots certainly could possibly do that. Atlanta Falcons visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the other team that I, I co-host a show for here on this network, Locked on Bucks. Um, I got to watch the Atlanta Falcons face off against the Washington Commanders last weekend. So because of that, I'm I'm supremely confident the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be able to bounce back following their not very good loss against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Buccaneers probably win this thing by about five to ten somewhere in there. Lauren, how do you think this thing's going to unfold? Yeah, the Buccaneers' only losses have been to really good teams. And, you know, that Todd Bowles' defense is going to be aggressive and get after Desmond Ritter. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in this Falcons offense figuring it out in that game. Like, I I don't know how I believe how much I believe in the Buccaneers' like big, ter- big, big picture as far as contenders, but I believe in the Atlanta Falcons a lot less. So I think the Buccaneers will be just fine in that one. Absolutely. Detroit Lions visit the Baltimore Ravens for our final game of the early Sunday games. Uh, Detroit Lions are three-point underdogs, which I think uh, is actually a little bit of a sign of respect going up against the Baltimore Ravens. But the Baltimore Ravens have not exactly been the Baltimore Ravens that maybe some people expected either. Um, Lauren, I think I'm going to take the Lions on this one. I think this is going to be it's technically it's my or no, this is my first underdog pick for the weekend. So I think I'm going to go Lions here. Uh, how, how are you going on this matchup? Yeah, I'm trying not to agree with you all the damn time, but I, I I've been burned by the this Ravens team. Like I want to I want them to take that next step and I want them to believe. But, you know, when they have these like surprisingly close loss to the Colts and the loss to the Steelers was another one of those where it's like all of a sudden the Ravens offense stops working. And this Detroit team is good. Like they're they're legitimately good. They've got they've got flaws, but they're they're going to be just fine. And I yeah, I think I think I'll take the Lions in this one, too. All right, that's the early games coming up Sunday. We got the afternoon games on Sunday or late afternoon games. And then, of course, we've got the primetime games to pick as well. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on NFL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And this Friday episode of Locked on NFL brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Prize Picks is the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks and your favorite locked on host, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks in less than 60 seconds from there. You just got to monitor your picks and uh, it really adds another layer of football experience and fun to your weekend viewing your Thursday night viewing. I do a trio of picks Every Thursday night, usually I do pretty all right on it, but the Saints not only let their fans down Thursday night, Lauren, they let me down. And I'm sure Ross Jackson locked on Saints is also let down about that. I know his heart is going out to Foster Moreau for dropping that late touchdown pass, but Taysom Hill, Rashid Shaheed, uh, I put some some of their stat projections on there. I projected them to get more than those stat projections. 
They did not. Meanwhile, Jacksonville Jaguars running back Travis Etienne delivered the touchdown that I needed on the very first Jaguars possession of the night. So Jags delivered. Saints didn't. What else is new? Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode of Locked On NFL also brought to you by DoorDash. Get up to 50 or get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED23. Did the game go to timeout? Then it's time for you to order DoorDash. Is the halftime? That's ordering time. Two minute warning. You got it. That's your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, it's time to order in with DoorDash. Time to pull out your Lucky Charm jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because it's football season once again, and eventually it's not going to be here anymore. And even if your team is bad, you're going to wish they were still playing. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Get pizza, wings, soda, burgers. You can get even just buns if you forgot the buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Kick back and kick off with unbeatable deals on everything you need for the watch party or your tailgate party or get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win. Hopefully it's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKED23. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app today and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. All right, making our final picks for the Week 7 slate of games. Lauren Cox here, David Harrison, host of Locked On Bears, Locked On Commanders. You can also find me uh, on occasion on the Locked On Bucks podcast as well. My buddy James Jarko holding that down uh, pretty much four to five days a week, and I'm on there like two days a week. So shout out to James Jarko for, for doing all the great Bucks heavy lifting over there, Lauren, speaking of some heavy lifting, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is going to have to block Aaron Donald. The Los Angeles Rams are going to have to deal with TJ Watts. The Rams are home favorites by three. Uh, and I say those assuming that both those gentlemen will be playing. Chris Carter of Pittsburgh's of the Locked On Steelers podcast. And of course, our Locked On Rams podcast can tell you more about that. But Rams Steelers, who you got in this one with the Steelers as three point underdogs? Yeah, I don't understand how the Steelers are three and two somehow. Like, I just, their, their offense is not very good. I mean, I, what it is is their defense is really, I mean, TJ Watt and company, they've had some really good performances, but that doesn't feel like it's going to be perfectly sustainable. And the Rams have been really clicking. I, I know the Steelers are coming off a of bye week, so they've had extra time to prepare for this game. And Mike Tomlin always makes sure his guys are well prepared. But I just, I don't trust, I still don't trust this Steelers team. And I'm coming around on this Rams team a bit. And so I, I'll, I'll go Los Angeles here, but uh, it'll, it'll be, I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, you know, the reason they're above 500 when you don't think they should be or, or even would be, it's Mike Tomlin. Like, Mike Tomlin just doesn't go up below 500. Like, there's just not something that Mike Tomlin does. Um, no. The Los Angeles Rams are a team that I was really down on entering the season, and they've they've been a little bit surprising to me. I think I got to go Rams here. I think I got to show respect and make amends for my low expectations, so I got to go Rams here. So you and I are agreeing so much on, or so far, on every single game. So I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals as seven and a half point underdogs to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. No, I'm not. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. Lauren, who you got in that matchup? So Kyler Murray returned to practice on Wednesday and Ooh. he sounds like might not be ready to go this week. I mean, the ACL tear was yeah. December and it's, that's a slow return. But if he played this week, I would take the Cardinals in that sort of 
Murray returns and the team rallies around him and the Seahawks, as much as like they, they're familiar with Murray, they're still like, you haven't been necessarily preparing for him all week because you weren't sure when he was going to be ready to go. And if he somehow plays, like there'd be that sort of element of surprise and teammates rally around him. So I, I would take, I would take Cardinals with Murray without him. I, I still think they have a shot, but if I was going to put my money on it, I'd still go Seahawks, but they got, they certainly have a shot. I think the Cardinals are one of those teams that everyone keeps still overlooking and they'll, they'll play a surprisingly tough every once in a while. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys found that out a couple of weeks ago, certainly. Uh, I know some Saints fans have become pseudo-Denver Broncos fans because they're just Sean Payton fans. So Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos hosting the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are road favorites, once again, one and a half points. Uh, is Sean Payton going to deliver Saints fans a little bit of a moral victory here for the Denver Broncos, Lauren? You know, it's, it's I never want to pick the green bay team you know it's 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 a it's a tough it's a tough spot for me and i've seen this denver broncos team be so bad but i mean green bay is crashing and burning a little bit here but they're coming off the bye week i think green bay will settle some things down and i think it's still going to be a little bit of rough sledding for the for the for the packers but i know a lot of packers fans that are also even still concerned about this game as bad as the broncos have been so i lean denver but i think there's there's an upset here as a possibility i think i'm gonna go green bay um I, when i watch the packers you know, and, and again, you know, Peter Bukowski of, of Locked On Packers, Cody Rourke and Sarah over there, Locked On Broncos, they're, they're, they watch them every day. I watch them on occasion. When I see the Packers, I see growing pains. When I see the Broncos, I just see pain. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to take the growing pains over that. So I'm going to go Packers on that one. Uh, but yeah, I can I can see it going either way, but I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, next up, we got Chargers. We got Chiefs. The Chiefs are five and a half point home favorites. Lauren, do you think that uh, the Chargers can do not the unthinkable, but the unlikely? You know, it does seem like the Chiefs have been kind of rolling against bad teams lately and sort of they can't control who they play. Right. But they've had a relatively easier slate of Bears and then injured Jets team and then injured Vikings team. And, now, and then the Broncos like and those games, I mean, a few of those games were surprisingly close and they were had some scare in them. And I I keep wanting the Chargers to figure it out. Right. I mean, like they're they seem like they're getting there and they're right there, but they're not quite over the top yet. And maybe maybe a divisional matchup is the time to do it. But. Assuming assuming Taylor Swift is going to be in the audience, I, it's hard to bet against her. That's for sure. Yeah, we need an over under on Taylor Swift appearances on the on the screen from FanDuel. We need to see if we can get them on that on that uh, that tip. But yeah, I got to go Chiefs here. I mean, it's it's just hard to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and and until Taylor Swift is dropping a Kelsey single, I think we still got to go uh, that direction. Um, all right, Sunday night football, we got the Miami Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles, potentially one of the most exciting games, if not the most exciting game this weekend. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites, but they are coming off their first loss of the season. The Miami Dolphins at one point, we're going to score like 4,000 points this season, but they've kind of come down to earth uh, a bit here. Who do you think comes out of this this big matchup as, as the winner? I'm tired of us agreeing, so you go first, because I'm wondering if we'll be on different pages here. I think I'm going to go Dolphins. I think I'm going to go Dolphins here. I think that they have currently the more explosive offense and it's prime time. They're going to want to show off a little bit. Uh, I think, I think I'm going to go Dolphins in the link to, uh, to take care of business. You know, my, I think my, my brain wants to go Dolphins in the same like Jalen Hurts has been a little bit struggling, but I think coming off of a loss, I just wonder if that's the opportunity where the Eagles wake up a little bit and say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta get our act together a little bit here. And, and plus I, I think Fangio's defense in Miami has been a little bit more vulnerable than, than people might've thought. And I know they're still waiting for Jalen Ramsey to kind of get back and unlock everything. And I certainly think mm -hmm. I'm not doubting that Tua and the Dolphins offense will be able to score with, with Philadelphia, but 
I'm I'm going to say the Eagles' offense gets something going a little bit more against Miami, and and that they they really sort of look themselves in the mirror and, and come back with this one at home and and have a have a much better showing against a, a really good Dolphins team that probably comes down to the end. But it, it's the it's the late AJ Brown touchdown, or whoever has the ball last wins that one. Yeah, I can see it. I, I, you know what? If if losing their first game of the year isn't enough to wake up this Eagles team, losing two in a row might be enough. And and you know I don't know who they play in Week Eight right off the top of my head, but good luck to whoever that team is. You know, what? as long as Tyreek Hill gets me. 18 points in fantasy. I'm good with whoever wins this game. That, that uh, team is, Monday night football. What's that? that? That team is the commanders in week eight. That team is the, oh, yeah. I, you know what? I should know that. I just wasn't even thinking about it. You're right. Um, so maybe let's not get the Philadelphia Eagles on a two-game losing streak into <laughs> FedEx Field next weekend. Monday night football, San Francisco 49ers at the Minnesota Vikings, another top team in the NFL coming off of a loss. Uh, coming off a disappointing loss, you know, last second field goal try, seven point favorites, though, on the road. Of course, that's how we're going to end this thing. Minnesota Vikings, you know, underdogs in, in their own home stadium. Do you think the Niners are at risk of losing two in a row? Especially if Justin Jefferson remains out, I really don't think it's going to be the case. I, I th- And it sounds like he's he's not going to be able to play this week. And I don't think the Vikings, mm-hmm. the, the Vikings struggled with the Bears without Justin Jefferson. I think the 49ers are going to feel pretty comfortable shutting down that offense. And then they're going to get blitzed a lot, but Purdy and company will be fine. Yeah, I think the Niners get back in the win column here. Uh, like you said, you know, Jordan Addison, I like, I like him. He's a really good young receiver. I just, he's just not ready to be the guy to carry an entire offense against this 49ers defense. So that's how we're going to wrap things up. 49ers get a win. We'll see what happens Sunday night with the Eagles and Dolphins. And of course, Lauren and I will be uh, with you on Locked On Bears, Locked On Commanders, Locked On Bucks to talk about all that stuff going on with those teams and around the NFL coming up on Monday. Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens is your Monday Locked On NFL host. So he will be back to recap all of that weekend action. For Lauren Cox, I'm David Harrison. Find both of us on Twitter at Cox Sports One and at DHarrison82. I will let you figure out which one is which and your own time. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day, every day. Or thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you so much for making us part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, enjoy all of these games, and hopefully your team wins. This is Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.